Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I've had a haircut. Look how sharp the beard's trimmed. Oh yeah, I'm looking cool. Um, and I'm joined by dumb friends on Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, I am joined by... Um, Joined by Johnny from the North Bank. Johnny, we haven't Hello. seen you for a little while. Yeah, I've been How are uh, you? majorly de- uh, occupied with my allotment in lockdown whilst I've not been able to work. So. No football. Yeah, I heard you've been playing what you call it. I've got a nice big one this morning, so uh, I'm doing all right. Rich, you're back. Controversial yeah, as always, I hope. Well, you know, just just normal, really, standards. I'm, I'm happy today because, obviously, you know, I'm in a good mood. So I want to stay in a good mood. Good. <laughs> good. Scott Run, good to see you. Yeah, man, I'm all good. <laughs> Listen, it's been a good week, man. It's been a good week. It's the, the one week that I can say I'm actually okay being an Arsenal fan. And it's been a while since I can say that. So uh, what's happening, boys? Good to see you. Good, good. Good, good. Mem, you're not far away from me. Look, I can have a word with the barbers if you want, honestly. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, mate. Book me in. All right, yeah. You should know. You, listen, you're Turkish. You should know a, a barber. I do. I do. Just none of them are open at the moment. But tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Good to be here. And without, um, uh, without no further ado, the man who has um, been faceless to Guns and Yellow Ribbons uh, uh, <laughs> uh, listeners of the past. Um, we have um, Manny. Manny, introduce yourself and show that ugly mug of yours. Go on. Did you call Pod Squadron? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Nice We've got the same dodgy beard. <laughs> oh, just drop some water oh, and spat it out everywhere. Oh, oh, don't take that from him, Pots. Don't take that from him. <laughs> don't, don't take that from him. <laughs> it's good to be back on him. It's been a while. It time. has been a while, and I'm glad you've um, you've backed down and shown people uh, that <laughs> face of yours. And we, we love your opinion. We, we we're, we're glad you're on, and uh, I enjoy that. You, Listen, before you we do talk... not love my opinion, bro. Don't lie. <laughs> Stop lying. Stop lying. Call the spade a spade, man. <laughs> Listen, you're an NHS worker. Um, and I know you also had COVID, which was uh, Mm. uh, a bit of a scare for you. But um, an hour ago, uh, there was an applause for the NHS workers for 72 years since the uh, NHS was established. My wife also works in the NHS. So I just thought at this very moment in time, we could just say thank you, NHS, for what you've done uh, over uh, over the last six months and and before. But, yeah, I just thought that should be put in the the opening gambit of this uh, Thing well and before football and Arsenal and everything else. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, let's look at a couple of games. What we're going to look at is we're going to look at the Norwich game. 
a game that everyone says, oh, yeah, 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 we should have won and everything else. Uh, and also, we're going to look at the Wolves game, a game that everyone said, Jesus, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, both positive results, we know, because uh, uh, it's now in the past. But, you know, this is the first competitive game we had home at home since the 7th of March, which was the West Ham game. And, uh, Dan, you'll remember me at that West Ham game. I was not. I was not very well at all, was I? COVID, and it wasn't due to COVID. COVID. <laughs> you did, mate. <laughs> Who you had it. You had it. <laughs> never tested, but, yeah, it, it felt like I felt... Listen, I never felt like I wanted to leave a game of football. Well, actually, I did a couple of times, but uh, for for personal well-being, um, I never felt I want to leave a game of football before. Um, Dave Hurl uh, and myself went to the away game in Norwich, and uh, you know, it, it was a poor game away back in December. Um, but what 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 do we make of the lineups, Richard? Do you, do you want to go first? What do you make of the lineups against Norwich? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I said what he's what he's had to do because of the number of games that we've had as a squad rotation, isn't it? So you're always expecting the unexpected when the team comes out. At the moment, um, it's never going to be the same lineup <laughs> two games in a row, is it? So um, it was it was a slight slight surprise. One one or two sort of selections. I mean, Lacazette started the game, didn't he? Where maybe. Um, Eddie had scored, hadn't he, the game before, maybe thought he might have got another start. But, you know, it, it was pretty much as expected. I think it was, um, you know, having won the game against Southampton, I don't think he wanted to make too many changes unless just to freshen it up a little bit. And I think that's what it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was pretty happy with the lineup, And, you know, I think the, the performance kind of reflected that really overall. Uh, I was just about to ask Johnny, but I don't think I said an apt time to ask Johnny uh, right now. John, Johnny, um, what did you make of the lineups then? I, I just thought he was taking a drink. That was all. I was, but I I don't drink for as long as you do. Well, maybe I'd last a bit longer, but maybe not. Um, yeah, I, I'm quite in, intrigued by the lineups. To be honest with you, I, I um, having Cedric start was a, was a nice to see. I mean, I earned it when he came on and scored the goal in the last in the last game. So. Dan? Yeah, this lineup interests me and it seems to have worked against Sheffield United. So I was really pleased to see it implemented against Norwich, which a lot of people thought he was going to go back to the four at the back because it was Norwich and we were kind of expecting it to be an easier fixture just because of the way they play in, in comparison to Sheffield United. But going with this kind of 3 5 2, 3 6 1, whatever you want to call it, it's kind of different in and out of possession, in my opinion. I was quite interested to see that. Uh, I spoke to Manny before and we were kind of talking about feeling a little bit sorry for Nelson just for the pure fact that Bellerin uh, and Ceballos hadn't been as good the last couple of games before that. Uh, so I was interested to see him play. It's a player that Arteta clearly has a lot of faith in. Uh, whatever he's doing in training, Arteta wants to try and help him as much as he can. So that was the kind of only one that I thought was a potential shock in the uh, lineup itself. But Arteta's got that nice mix at the moment of balance of youth uh, and experience. And um, I was I was quite okay with the lineup against Norwich. Manny, you say um, yourself and Dan talked beforehand. What what did you make of the the, the, the lineup then? Um, to be expected, considering the team that played at Sheffield United, um, I thought you know Saka needed to get a breather, considering that he played what every game since the start of lockdown, since after lockdown. Sorry, um, I didn't like <laughs> better in a right wing back. 
naturally just because I think he's been poor and not just since coming back from ACL, he's been poor for a good four years now. Um, but apart from that, it was to be expected for me. Mem, your 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 final thoughts on the uh, on the, the lineup, the lineup? formation? <clears throat> um, I've been encouraged by uh, the fact that he's, he's, he's he, I know we say about the injuries and and, and the breaks in the game and everything, but uh, it's clearly obvious that the young guns are going to be the you know the go-to guys um, this season, next season, and the year after that. Uh, I like the shape. I think it suits what we currently have at the moment. Uh, it gives a little bit more assurance at the back by playing the free and, and, and the lots of energy down the flanks. Um, yeah, I've just been encouraged by by the results. I've been quite positive about it, Fergus. We've been talking about it, and I think I posted a, a, a text yesterday. I really fancied uh, the result yesterday. I, I know Wolves are a decent team, but I, I, was re yeah, I really did fancy it. I, I think it's more so what he's instilling in the boys there just seems to be a better understanding. Um, whoever he picks, coming in and out, yeah, they're working for one another to a much higher level. I think going back to the City game, the Brighton game we threw away, the City <coughs> game was just an aberration of mistakes. It was just, and to a degree, it was always going to be a free hit because their levels are so high. Um, but generally, I'm really encouraged by it. I, I, I think the man... I've got absolute belief in what he's doing. I, I, I've got all the time in the world for Mikel Arteta. I think he's, he looks good. He, not only does he talk well, the decisions that he makes more or less are coming off. I also think the man's got an absolute ruthless streak in him. Uh, it, it has to be absolutely his way. Otherwise, as, as he's demonstrated with um, Windozi, to agree with Ozil, because I think he's, he's, he's long done, long done. But generally, yeah, really encouraged by the performances, forgetting about the shapes he's using, the formation, the players that are going in and out. I just like the belief and, and, and the cleverness he's got. Um, yeah, just to touch on those two games, really. That's what I feel out of it, yeah. Manny mentioned about Bellerin playing at uh, right wing back, wing back. What did you make of his performance? And where are you on, on, on him um, in that sense? I know he's not playing great. However, um, I think the injury has most definitely uh, um, robbed him of half a yard, a yard of pace. Having said that, he still does need games. I, I, I do like Hector. I'm not saying three or four years ago, they were, I mean, you know, they're talking about Barcelona, this, that and the other. I still believe there's a good player in him. And I believe if anyone's going to get it out of him, I, I think it's our current manager. Um have you, you guys mentioned uh, Suarez as well? I mean, he's a, I think he's a really decent player. Remember him back in the, the Euros a few years ago? He was one of the standout fullbacks in the tournament. Um, From Portugal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think having him there, Hector's now finally got someone. Well, if I don't turn up, if I don't show up, this guy's going to have my place. So. I think that will help as well over the course of time as well. And I, and I think he does still need a bit of time because an ACL is a big injury to get over. And especially the way he's, what his game is based on, you know, the, 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 the pace in his game. So, yeah, he's having a little bit of a hard time, but I don't think we're done with him yet. No. Uh, Dan, uh, you will have seen on one of the message groups earlier uh, uh, with a... Uh, um, a little bit of a video clip sh uh, shared of Lee Gunner 
talking about um about ACL Bellerin. I'll leave it open. I'll leave the floor open to you. What do you what did you make of that? What did I make of Lee Gunner? Are we gonna bring him up on this podcast? I suppose we should keep it clean, shouldn't we, really? <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah. I, I've got no no opinion on the guy because I've not met him, but um, I'll always meet people before I judge them. But yeah, I, I don't really understand what's happened to him over the last couple of years. Uh, but that's another story. In terms of Bellerin, I think uh, he is a player whose time is up at Arsenal. Uh, I think he's been a player who's been here for seven or eight years now. I think 17 years old. He come to Arsenal, had a loan spell at Watford, uh, and started to really settle in as a as a kind of right back that got the chance because Debussy got injured, and since then never looked back. Looked really pacey. Uh, for me, he's never really been great going forward. Uh, has always been quite risky in terms of leaking goals because he's having a cup of tea at a corner flag when they're on your counter attack. And I'm not too sure that without his pace, that he's the player that I believe we're going to be wanting to see our Arsenal moving forward. So if there is a chance for 25, 30 million for him to go to PSG, Juventus, Barcelona, whoever it be, I would take that now that we've got Cedric Suarez and Maitland-Nars. That's interesting, actually, you talk about um, Debussy, because Debussy had probably two or three games. Uh, Richard Europe and Newcastle, he came from Newcastle to Arsenal. Um, he got injured, unfortunately, and I think he was the main plan in the first place. Do you think that Bellerin is just, for the want of a better phrase, got above his station and ended up being the best we could have at that time? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I think that's maybe a little bit harsh on him. I mean, he, he came in at a time maybe when he wasn't necessarily ready to play in the first team, because obviously the injury to Debushi. Um, and I actually think when he first came into the team, he actually looked pretty good. You know, he had a lot of energy, obviously had a lot of pace going forward. Um, his defensive side of the game was never his maybe biggest strength. Um, and I just feel as though maybe over the last couple of years, I mean, I remember that game at Crystal Palace um, a few years ago when he got a lot of stick off the crowd, didn't he? Um, I think we, we lost 3-0 against Crystal Palace. And since then, I'm not quite sure if he's ever maybe totally got over that maybe because his, his form's dropped a lot over the last couple of seasons since then. And um, I mean, I think it was quite telling for me at the end of the game against Norwich when um, uh, there was a there was a clip of him walking off the pitch and it looked to me as though he'd almost resigned himself to having to leave the club because Suarez has come on, took his place, had a good little 10-minute spell, scored a goal. Um, but then yesterday he came on, didn't he, last 10 minutes and actually played OK. So... Mm. Um, but I, I kind of agree with uh, with Potsy there to the fact that we can still probably get half decent money for him. And if we can now, we've got covering that position. I think Suarez is going to be first choice now going forward. Um, so maybe now would be the time. But, you know, I think Bellamy's done an OK job um, over the, the time he's been in the team. I don't really have any major issues with him. It's just, unfortunately, I think his injuries maybe finished him off. And I think now might be the time to maybe catch him while we still can. Mm. No, no, I agree. Listen, um, Manny and Dan will know I have not been, and so will uh, Mem know. I am, I'm not a critic. Well, critic, I am a critic, uh, but I have. Uh, you don't I, like him. I, <laughs> simple. You don't. No, 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 Mem. I, I do like him, but I don't think he's as good as everybody else. I, I, I don't he think he's ever been as good as. Even when Barcelona were like sniffing around him a few years ago, I don't think he's ever been that good. He's not particularly good at defending. His final ball lets him down. But 
Ah, uh, the boy's got a bit of heart. He's, he's, he's come through our academy, and for that alone, having had the injury that he's recently had, and I do believe Suarez will take his place chopping and changing with the remainder of the season and possibly beyond. But I, I just think an ACL oh, is a terrible, terrible injury to come back from when you're, when, when you're a type of player that relies on pace, agility, twisting and turning. It's a real big injury, more so than a ruptured Achilles tendon or anything such like that. I think it's a bad one. Johnny, um, give it a chance. Uh, Cruel, Tim Cruel, I think, is uh, the keeper for Norwich. Um, he cocked up and gave uh, Abamyang the opportunity to, to pounce and uh, get 1 0. What did you make of the, the first goal against Norwich? That was funny. <laughs> it, was, it was such a, a, in, a, a validation of the high press. And you see the, the benefit of having someone like Enketia, who's always chasing and harrying and keeping up with the, the press up front. And uh, it, it just shows that it works, even with teams that play out from the back, especially when we're going to make a, a big inroads of making that count. Men, what did you what did you make of the goal? Yeah, it, absolutely. What Johnny says, I, I think Mikel's also alluded towards it. You know, when things like that come off, then it's reward for all the work that they're putting in on the training ground and and what he's trying to instill into them. Because yeah, with what he's got at the moment, with the players that we've got, to have them playing in the way and the manner that he's got them compared to just prior to him joining. Oh, it's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air, I think. I know all the results haven't been great, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's good that they're getting rewards for that, yeah. Manny, um, I thought I'd save goal number two for you because Aubameyang turned provider and uh, one of your favourite players, Granit Xhaka, um, ended up getting his first home goal uh, for Arsenal since March 2019. So I'm really, really interested to hear this. Why? It was a good Look goal. Look at Dan. Dan's covering his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good goal from a bang average player. What more do you want me to say? Um, started with Louise. Again, it came from um, Lacazette dropping a bit deep because Norwich's plan was to press Xhaka and Ceballos and what that did is it left Tierney free on the left-hand side. So, you know, Luis switches it. Tierney gets it to Bameyang. Bameyang gets it to, to Xhaka. It's a good goal. What, what more do you want me to say? I can praise a player when he does well, but you already know my feelings on Xhaka. Um, that's never going to change. Uh, but good goal nonetheless. He's still crap, though. And <laughs> Dan, has he turned from, from you know... Uh, the most hated player to a hero or, or what and, and also you've got David Louise everyone's moaning about him getting a, an extension to his contract for a year and the, 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 the crossfield pass that he did to give the ball to Tierney to supply it to Bamiang to make uh, Granit Xhaka score that goal was divine it was the best goal of the night David Louise and Granite Chaka are not heroes. They are the best of a bad bunch at the moment and they still have no future at this club. Both of them need to leave over the next couple of seasons because we need to be moving forward. If we want to be staying in sixth place, seventh place, keep Louise, keep Chaka, keep Ozil. These players need to be going still. I do not change my mind on that. Granite Chaka has been better. 
David Luiz uh, in a back three is fine. I've got no problems with that. He won the league with Chelsea in it. His range of passing has always been fantastic. Uh, in the back three, he looks comfortable. In a back two, it is a shambles. Uh, so the goal itself was a great pass. Tini, who for me has been the positive over the last few games, he's looked excellent, was fantastic all game against Norwich. Uh, and Aubameyang, who I don't actually like on that left-hand side, proves that he can score from anywhere still. You know, people have said to me, it doesn't matter. He statistically scores more goals from the left, which is apparently true. The stats don't lie. Again, great that uh, that night against Norwich. He was fantastic. The guy I'd love to see down the centre, but again, proves uh, that he's okay there. And Granite Xhaka scores a great goal. Don't normally see late runs from Granite Xhaka into the box like that. Um, <clears throat> but it's a midfield that does not score goals. So when a midfielder score goals, I'll say credit to him. I thought it was the best goal of the night, to be fair. But Chakra and Louise have got a long way to go if they want to be called heroes at Arsenal Football Club, in my opinion. Neither of them will ever be called. They'll never uh, be. They'll never be heroes. But, yeah, but for, he's getting a performance me. out of them at the moment. He's, getting, yeah. he's drawing a performance out of them. And that'll do for now until something better comes along for us. Playing free at the back is tactically the best we can do with the players we've yeah, got. Exactly. So, like you were saying yeah. about Louise winning the league with Chelsea, he won the Champions League with Chelsea mm. in the back three. You know, that's where he played when he went to Paris Saint Germain. He played in the back three. <clears throat> it's who plays either side of him. Uh, Sayed Kolasinac playing on the left of the three is only because he's a lefty. If Holding was a lefty, he'd be playing there. It, that's why we bought Mari to play on the left of a uh, of, of, of two or a three. So it's either that or we know. put Tierney there and put he, Sid at, at left wing back. Which he spoke about you, it as well. Mikel Arteta. If you put Tierney there, you lose the effectiveness of his pace exactly. and his ability to drop the ball. Um, Rich, it would be unfair not to give you an opportunity to blow. Smoke up Shaka's ass. Go on. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you know my feelings on Shaka. I, I do feel Man. he gets a bad, a bad kind of. Um, he gets a lot, a lot of unnecessary criticism. I think you know he's not a spectacular player necessarily, but we've noticed when he didn't play immediately after the lockdown when he was injured, the difference in the shape of the team when he's in it. And it was the same before lockdown as well. Arteta's actually improved him, not necessarily as a player, but just because he's got a better structure of the team around him now. So he can actually be more effective in the game. I think that... um, there's a goal against Norwich, okay. and if you saw the way that the um, the game kind of went, and again against Wolves, he, he was given a little bit more freedom to get forward against Norwich, wasn't he? Um, to make them runs into the box, which we don't have many one midfield generally do does that. And then against Wolves as well, later in the game when he brought Torreira on, Shaka had a bit more of a freedom to get forward, which I think's more his game. He's been stuck in more of a more of a defensive position where maybe that doesn't suit him because of maybe his lack of pace against some sort of speedy players and. Um, but you can see the difference he makes when he plays. I mean, I'm not saying he's the greatest player in the world. I'm not saying that necessarily he's the future going forward. But I think at the moment, he's doing a great job. He's, he's had a decent season overall. Um, certainly, he's been our best midfield player over the course of the season. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that he's probably going to be still doing the same job next season as well. Hopefully, with somebody else alongside him that we buy. Hopefully, someone who plays for... Well, Rich, would you, would, you replace, would you replace him? This summer, if you could, if there was like money was no object, would you have Chaka in your team still, or would you bring someone that's a bit quicker, a little bit more energy in midfield? Because I feel he slows the play down so much, Chaka. 
it's the quickness between the ears that we need. But I, I think if, if we've got, say, for example, if we get Thomas Parsi, right, which is looking a little bit more believable, if we was to get him and have him and Xhaka there, then I don't think we necessarily need to replace Xhaka with Partey. I think the two together actually would work really well because I think they could complement each other with the difference in their their sort of what they bring to the team. And I think there could be a good midfield there. I'm not necessarily saying if we can get someone else. I mean, my personal favourite in the Premier League is Decore. I would buy Decore tomorrow. Yeah. Watford and I think he would give us what we need imagine him and Partey in midfield that would just be for me that would be ideal but I can't see us buying two players if we're going to buy two players let's get a midfield player and let's get a commanding centre half rather than replace Jacker. and I, I can't see us buying four or five players as much as you know we want us to if we're only going to buy two players don't buy two midfield players buy one midfield player and one defender and then yeah, keep totally Jacker certainly for another season <laughs> and then maybe next year we've got a bit more money a couple more windows then we can maybe start replacing some of these players but that would be more my personal choice. I don't think there's any rush to get rid of Xhaka. I think he's playing well and he looks like he's got another two or three years left, left in him, whether that's with us or whether we move him on eventually. But I wouldn't say that's a priority. <laughs> a priority is to get someone else in midfield and another defender. Rich, Ty asked a really good question on there. Like You're um, a, a big advocate of uh, Granite Xhaka and you're talking about party. I'll talk about party in a second, but you doesn't party do Granite's job? No, I don't think he does. Obviously, Partey is much more of an athlete, isn't he? Um, and he's gonna he's gonna bring what Xhaka he's going to have the sort of attributes that Jacker doesn't have. So I think the two complement each other. Obviously, Jacker's left-footed as well, Partey's right-footed. So I think it'd be a good combination as well. So I don't think they do do the same job. And I don't think that if we got Partey in, he wouldn't be brought in to do the same job. He'd be more brought in to replace maybe Sabayos, who's probably going to leave anyway, and replace Sabayos' kind of energy in, in midfield. Yeah, I, I don't I, I, I get it. Yeah, but Sebastian Sebast is more of a ball player, isn't he? I don't know enough about Thomas Party. Dan, I asked you on the uh, a text, I think, earlier on. I, I don't know a great deal about him. I've not seen enough about him whether to make a decision as to whether he'll be good for us or not, to be fair. So I'm being guided by you guys. But Sebastian is more of a is more of a ball player, I, I personally think. Mm. And from what I hear about Partey, he, he's, he's more of a physical element to, uh, to your team. He gets up and down the pitch. I mean, yeah, he gets up and down the pitch. He's he's very sort of physically strong. He's got a lot of energy. Mm. Um, And... I think he's, he's got a good range of passing as well. Player, yeah, I think he's got a good a good range of passing as well. I mean, yeah. he's a different player to Tobias, but I think maybe that's what Jacker would need as well, and that's what the mm. team needs for the balance in midfield that we've maybe uh, been uh, lacking. I'm with Manny and Dan regarding Jacker. Um, I think he's on borrowed time. If I had a choice on it, just the mere fact what he did with the bat, uh, just that alone for me, I would have never ever had him play my team ever again. But we are need. Our knees he shouldn't are great. be anywhere near the, the armband. Thank you. It won't be in our shirt. Up. He should he be should, wearing our shirt should, again. It's just out of principle, he shouldn't. He Absolutely. can be a leader on the pitch without having something as sacred yeah. as the armband. He, he's not a leader. Look, you don't go around telling people that you're a leader. Leadership and that kind of respect is bestowed, bestowed upon you by friends mm-hmm. and colleagues around you, by your actions and your example. And he sets exactly. a really piss-poor example. <laughs> okay, but at the moment our need is is such that we don't have anybody else, and he does bring a physicality to our team which was missing when he was injured or suspended. So for now, as I said earlier on, until we get 
something better is unfortunately he's got to do for us. Listen, listen to Arteta, what Arteta says about Xhaka. That's you know you're yeah, saying know. he's not a leader. Well, Arteta clearly well, said he's a leader, and I think previous. He's got to be positive about him though, Rich. He's got to be. He can't go out there and tell him what he really thinks about him. No, but he, could, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to be so firm in his kind of leader. He said how much of a leader he sees Xhaka as being, and if he sees him as being a leader, then to me, he's he's, he's a manager of the team. He, so he's that's, he's that's no leader. Thing. How can anybody be how can anybody be a leader? How can anybody be a leader when he acted the way he acted with the armband? Any midfield that has Granite Xhaka in it is not going to be a midfield that's going to win you a title. Granite Xhaka's attributes are not good enough for him to be in this team. At some point, at some point in the season, Granite Xhaka is going to cost you. At some point, Granite Xhaka's unathletic body and slow brain slow is, going brain, us, exactly. is going to put us in a position where we lose a goal or we lose a lead. We've seen it time and time and time again. The only reason he is in that midfield is because he can pass the ball long from deep. He's slow, he doesn't have a brain, and he's rash. He's not physical. He's rash. Whenever he's rash because he doesn't see the play happening. That's no, it, because of the lack of footballing it. intelligence. He doesn't Can't have read it. it. So any midfield that's got Granit Xhaka in it, you're not going anywhere. All right? We should be looking to replace him. The fact he's playing well should be putting pound signs above his head. Not putting him in the team. No, forget that. I'd rather but, have one of Alexi Sanchez's uh, Labradors in the midfield. <laughs> It's about Arsenal Football Club, not Granite Xhaka, okay? Granite Xhaka okay, happens go. to play for us. Um, so let's bring it back on. We're looking at um, the Norwich game. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Norwich, Xhaka uh, scored a goal great. But more importantly, um, Aubameyang got his 50th goal, the fastest 50th in 79 games. And he got his 51st goal, which brought it to 3 uh, uh, Three nil, um, which was another cock up by by a Norwich player. Um, Manny, does that make um, Granite? Uh, oh, Jesus Christ, Richard, what you done to me? You obsessed with Granite. What's the matter with you? You obsessed with Granite. Does that make um, Abamyang a club legend? Oh. Don't drop a grenade like yeah. that. Like we're all, anybody's going to agree with you. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's my job. No, 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 no. No, you're not a legend. You're not a legend if you tell the fans to fuck off. No, no, not granite shack. I'm talking about the bamia. The Listen, you said granite. No, that was Richard. I said Abamian got his fifty-first, fiftieth, and fifty-first goal against Norwich. The fastest fifty goals. Faster than Thierry Henry, he got it in 79 games, where Thierry Henry got it in 86 or 84 games. Uh, does that make Aubameyang a legend? I'll tell you what will make him a legend, right? As if he signs the ting <laughs> and finishes his career here and scores another 20 goals a season for the next mm. three seasons and then hangs up his boots when he could have gone elsewhere for more money. When you look at the players that we call legends... He'll need a trophy or two along the way. Yeah, yeah. but we, we need yeah. people to put the... the You know, we need to 
get goals. We can only win games by scoring goals. He's our best chance. Yeah. I think with him bringing on the, the players around him, Saka and uh, Martinelli and Inketia, and learning from them, you know, all those, those uh, burgeoning talents, then we can do that. But you look at the people that we call legends, every single one of them stayed for the, for the name on the front of the shirt. And they could have gone for more and got loads, loads more money elsewhere, but they were happy with what we gave them. All right. It might have changed slightly. You know, we do pay out a lot more money, but you talk about Burkamp could have gone, Thierry could have gone a lot sooner to Real Madrid. You know, these are legends that we call legends because they stuck around. And could we have gone on. Now, we fought yeah. tooth and nail to keep those players as well. Don't forget, we fought tooth and nail, didn't we? Yes, we did, but we didn't. We didn't break the bank for him. No, we did. We, we did. We didn't bankrupt the club I in know. order to keep them. But, but there was something more than the bank balance that kept them here. There was there was but, much more of, in, an emotional attachment. If they the team around them, the kept them here, didn't it? You know, Burkham probably wouldn't have stayed as long. Vieira wouldn't have stayed as long if we had the team we have now because they wouldn't have wanted to play in that team. If Aubameyang stays now, I think he deserves any plaudits that he gets because he's he, he, he's above the level of our team this season by an absolute mile and probably last season as well. And if he stays around, he's buying into the project for a start off and he's not just jumping ship to go and win some trophies. He's actually sticking around because he wants to win or he wants to follow the the, the process through with the current sort of set up with Arteta and stuff like that. So I think that maybe at the moment it's too early to call him a legend. He's not been here long enough. But he certainly, no. if, if he signs this contract and stays, then to me he's certainly halfway down that route. And hopefully okay. if we win some trophies as well, then he can definitely say that he is. But he, sta- he, he stays, some, if he stays no. he's, he's buying into what we're doing. He, he's he made some really nice comments this week about the young lad signing as well, which again yeah. looks promising. And, and he alludes, alluding towards, yeah, I'm going to sit down with the club. Um, yeah, it, we need to make it happen. We need to fight tooth and nail and make it. Like, Mikel said it as well. We need to make him create the environment. We need to make him feel wanted. We need to be going players because. Great players want to be associated with winning teams. So that's the key to it. Yeah, yeah but you've got to think of it, think Manny, of it this Manny, way. Johnny, Johnny, stop a second. Uh, Manny, I asked you the question at the start of this and you were struggling to give an answer straight off. You've heard what the other guys have said. You've had enough time to think about it. So I'll put the question back to you. Is Yang a club legend? At no. Seven, uh, at, at... No. No, okay. no, not yet. We throw around the word legend so easily because, you know, certain players are doing things that we haven't seen before. That That's all well and good, but longevity should get you that status, not records, you know. Winning so, things. He's more of a Dortmund legend now than he is an Arsenal legend. For sure. He's not an, he's not an Arsenal legend, but you stay here for what, another two years, you keep scoring your goals, you'll be in the conversation. But for now, no. No, not even close. Potsy, yeah. what do you think? Uh, he's my favourite Arsenal player. If he signs uh, a Dating, 
he will be uh, even more of a uh, of a of a club hero of mine. I'm a real big fan. I want to keep him, even if he does not sign. I've said it before. I would keep the guy and let his contract run down because I'd rather see us with Aubameyang next season. He is not a club legend, but he has got to be talk- spoken about if he continues this form in those terms for uh, the next couple of seasons. If he continues to score the 25-30 goals a season that he has done over the last couple of seasons, great, great player, massive fan. Johnny, you remember um, that okay. football is a, is a trade. Football is a skill that they work on. And it's like anybody in a trade. Like I'm, I'm an electrician and I work at my trade. And one of the most rewarding parts of my job was now I've got to a certain point that I can actually bring on the next, the next uh, round of trades people and help them get better. And that brings me much more joy than the money I earn. And I think that's more admirable in the senior players which he is in order to bring on the other players stay and make these players at Saka, Martinelli uh, and Ketia and make them the best possible players that we can get out of them by learning from one of the best strikers that Europe's seen in the last decade and there's no you can't say and, he isn't because stats say he is. And Johnny, mm. and Johnny um, Cedric Suarez came on and he scored from outside the penalty area after two uh, two hundred and twenty nine seconds on on the pitch, um, which means he scored as many Premier League goals for Arsenal as he did for one hundred and twenty appearances for Southampton. Um, I think uh, Matt, uh, Mem t- uh, touched on the point of how good he was for Portugal in the Euros. What what did you make of Suarez's performances? And then we do need to move on from this game because we've got a, a far more. We're going to overrun. We don't. We all know that we don't like to overrun. Um, well, I, at first I was very surprised at how short he was. To be honest, I thought he was six foot plus, and then I realised that um, he, he's shorter than my hairline. Um, but, you know, he did really well when he came on. I think he was quite tidy in his passing and he was quite aggressive in the tackle. So I think he did really well and earned his, earned his place in the next game. Anybody else have anything to, to, to comment on the Norwich game before we move on? No, let's press on, mate. No, let's press on. That's fine. Um, the one thing you we, you talked about at party... Um, and the possibility of party coming to uh, Arsenal. The only, party party. We have, uh, the only party we may have is a European party, be it Europa or be it Champions League. But we are not bringing party from uh, Spain to here. Uh, Dan will know um, I have a contact that gives me an Stop awful lot. Being of a fucking party pooper, bros. Stop <laughs> doing that. <laughs> you are ruining Hope, yeah. Shut up. Be quiet. Don't say he's, he's our resident ITK man. Come on. Oh dear. I am not I am not an ITK. I share some information that uh, that's given to me that prompting and every bit in of information. No. Yeah. You just want people only... to know that you are in the know. Yeah, that's that's no, what you're been... The only bit of information that I've had that has come true was the possibility of Nuno Santos coming in the uh, basement of um, uh, um, Emery when, uh, two weeks before Emery was gone. But, Dan, how, how good has the information been? Yeah, it's been reliable, man. It's been reliable. So far, everything is happening. 
obviously the contracts which we'll talk about in a while have all come true. So uh, he is very, very, very reliable. I will back you up there, Ferg. Okay. Yeah. Right, so we're looking at Wolves. Uh, you know, the Wolves game, I went on record saying that I predicted a 2-1 victory for Arsenal. That was all that. That was all that, speaking. But here, in reality, uh, thought a 2-0 loss. Um, we faced Wolves storming in. Uh, they, were, they were storming for contention for top four. Uh, they had three straight wins over West Ham, Bournemouth and Aston Villa. OK, yeah, the competition's not great, but we struggled against bloody Brighton, for Christ's sake. So, you know, it, it was, it, 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 for me, it was a huge test. And we talked about last, I was going to say last week, but a few days ago when we were on the last podcast, that we've got Wolves, we've got Leicester, we've got Tottenham, we've got Liverpool, we've got Man City, and then we've got two relegation battle battling sides as well to face before the end of the season. So it's, you know, we've got a tough run in. Uh, with a, a lineup of four, uh, a three five three, uh, Ali, is three at the back the way forward for us? At the minute, it is because we haven't got the players to play a four three three. Um, I think the Wolves game for me tactically was my favorite game of the season. It wasn't just that we we matched them up; it was the fact that you know technically we weren't at the races, but we were structured we were organized and there was a plan the plan was to stop wolves from picking the ball from us and hitting us on the counter-attack we plugged the gaps well um, i thought triore apart from you know a couple of instances he was kept quiet jimenez was barely a fixture in this game um the subs came at the right time and it was the right subs so if three at the back is what we are building to at the moment, I mean, if, if Mario was fit, he's at the he's left centre back and you've got Louise in the middle and maybe Mustafi started right centre back. It's a team that at the moment is built to play three at the back with the defenders that we have. I think it's a system that works. I think most players are understanding it. Our right side was the weakest. You know, Suarez coming in and Saka, there wasn't that connection there. But tactically, we did our job against Wolves. And it was mm. impressive. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Totally agree. Richard, um, Manny took, uh, touched on uh, Triore. Triore, uh, just we'll generally discuss him uh, as such because he is probably, rugby. because of the, the, the beast of a man that he is, um, he should be playing rugby league, we've said before, because of his speed and his stature. Um, but Arteta, tactically managed him out of the game. He really struggled. He should, in fairness, he had one opportunity and he shot it to Rose Ed, which was unusual for him. But he, 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 go on, discuss. I'll leave it open to you, Rich. Yeah, I mean, Troy has been one of the players I've been most impressed with this season in the whole Premier League. Um, it just when he's on form, he's almost impossible to stop. He can, he's got pace to go past people. He's got the strength and the power, and he's added end product, hasn't he? With great crosses into the box. So before the game, my concern was how could we deal with him when so many other teams haven't been able to. I mean, he, you know, he, he ran right against Man City, for example, twice this season. So, um, but 
as he said, you know, Arteta got that spot on. I mean, to me, one of the clever clever things he did in that game was bring Maitland-Niles on to basically man-mark him. At the time, you're thinking, why are you taking Tierney off as a natural left-back, bringing Maitland-Niles, who's a right-sided player, on to play on that side? But literally, he was he brought him on to just literally mark Traore out of the game for the last 20 minutes, and it worked perfectly. You know, Traore yeah. did have, apart from the first minute when he got through and had that chance, and then the one in the second half that you said he chipped over the bar, pretty much the rest of the game, he was kept quiet. And he kept quiet, one, because of the tactics I and then when some people were maybe tiring and thinking he's going to be dangerous in the last 20 minutes, which he has been in previous games, he basically brought Maitland-Niles on to kick him about for 20 minutes. And it was perfect. I mean, that was, to me, that's one of the most, the best substitutions I think I can remember an Arsenal manager making for probably over 20 years. It was just genius. Absolute genius. And that, in the end, was what got us over the line, I think, as well. Plus, obviously, the other subs who created the second goal. But just doing that one move at that particular time in the game when you're just waiting for Traore to do something, he's expecting him to. And he just he said to Maitland-Niles, go on there and stop him. And he did. And it was brilliant. Absolutely. But maybe that's maybe that's Maitland-Niles' future as a man-marker. Because, he, you know, if he can man-mark Traore for 20 minutes, you've got a pretty good chance of man-marking most other players in the Premier League. Well, Maitland-Niles was allowed to play in his more natural position in the midfield, which makes a huge difference for him, rather than being shoved out in the wing, left back, right back, whatever, where, wherever else he's been put. And and, and I do think think that makes a big difference. Um, no, Cedric Fergus, Maitland-Niles is a fullback. He is a fullback, and he needs to get into his head that he's a fullback. When he came on, it gave Traore a completely different look. Tierney stood off Traore a little bit. That's how he defended him at the Emirates, and that's how he kept him quiet. Maitland-Niles went right at Traore because he's a good 1v1 stand-up defender. He is a fullback. He has the physical stature to play that position. He needs to get into his head. You're a fullback. There's an opportunity to play that position. Take it because he's got the attributes to do well over there. I think he's actually our best uh, right wing-back that can play the inverted wing-back role that Arteta wants to play. He has the... Because it comes into his more natural position, as he likes to think it is, in coming into the midfield. And he links up really well with whoever's on the right wing. Um, I, he, he grew into the role and he made himself a brilliant role because he wanted to grasp it with both hands. Great. But now he, he needs to... Um, Accept that he might not make it as a as a, he might be in the top fifty um, centre midfielders in British football if he was to move and go on to be a centre midfield. But if he really works at it, he could possibly be a, a top five right wing back in the Premier League if he works at it because he has the attributes with the evolving game that we have. But but guys, where does that put Cedric Suarez? Where does that put? Bellerin. He plays on both sides, Ferg. He can play on both fullback positions. He Suarez can. is yeah, a, a stopgap, a cheap stopgap. Yeah, he is. He's a decent player, though. He's a decent little player. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't change the fact that our best mm. right wing back is Maitland Niles because of what he mm. brings to the game and what he can actually contribute to the tactics that Arteta wants to play. Yeah. And he's doing well. Enough. I, so, I think what Manny said about his physical attributes uh, are suited for the role. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with all, what you guys are saying about uh, the Wolves game. Um, pretty much, yeah, pretty much agree with everything you're saying. I think the shape was good. Um, just just the way we competed across the, the full like 90 or 100 minutes. Uh, the attitude of the players is just really, really good. They're covering each other. Um, and 
there was no, there weren't too many silly bugger mistakes the other night. And if we can cut out the silly bugger mistakes, it gives us, you know, it gives us a foothold in the game. It's those stupid mistakes and errors that that we, we're gradually eradicating that is helping build the confidence of the team as well. I, I, I feel. But something that Richard said about the substitute, we were texting as well while the game was on, and for the first 20, 25 minutes of the second half, Wolves were just. You could see it was building, you could see it was coming. Um, something that I've noticed with the water breaks, I think the water breaks at the moment are absolutely key for the way yeah. they're changing the momentum of the games and the matches. So and the subs that you make, sorry? There's, the so subs that, there's so much tactical stuff done in those uh, water breaks. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's like a mini different now. It's, it's, it's like not a game of two That's what I was going to, the point I was going to make. I don't think it's uh, any longer a game of two halves, yeah? The water breaks yeah. do allow you to change things up. Mikel does like you can see he's very touchy feely with the players. He's constantly coaching them because the vast majority of them actually do need coaching. But um, I think the water breaks have to be used with, in conjunction with the substitutes because after the water break, they weren't in it after that. Wolves, I, I, I don't. I think we controlled the first half fairly well. Um, we got our goal. They came out as you would expect them to. And then the water break and the two substitutions for me changed everything. And then thereafter was losing control and should have finished bringing it up. Goal, um, Dan, you haven't spoken for a little bit. Uh, Cedric was involved with the assist for Saka. I've got some great songs for Saka. Um, uh, for Saka's goal just before half time. It was the first time they conceded a goal in 448 minutes. That's how important... One, the young lad who's just signed a very lucrative four, four million pound contract um, with Arsenal, um, and uh, you know, I think it was a good idea to not start him immediately uh, just to get his head in the game. But he, he comes on, he scores that goal. Thoughts? Listen, man, the, this was the best away performance I've seen in recent times. Saka actually fought started the game pretty quiet if I'm honest on the right hand side didn't look too comfortable for me that goal was epic that was an unbelievable strike with his left foot great from Tierney great from Aubameyang fantastic strike and then you knew what was going to happen in the second half you knew Wolves was going to come into it you just knew what was going to happen the goal was coming Traore should have scored it but it went over the bar but what Arteta did was he did what I have kind of criticised him or, or kind of uh, put him in similar terms of Arsene Wenger with his substitutions over the last few uh, games. He got every single substitution spot on and Maitland-Niles, for me, was man of the match, even though he only played 40 minutes. I thought him and David Luiz, it was between. Maitland-Niles, just, I loved everything about that. Yeah, everything about Maitland-Niles coming on was fantastic. Tactically, Arteta got it right. Maitland-Niles' attitude, which has been questioned over the last few weeks, was spot on. And what he did was just come on and give 110%. And that's what we wanted to see. Saka, spot on. And then, of course, when the uh, subs come on with Bellerin and Willock coming on, I was thinking, oh, no, I don't want to be seeing that. Absolute spot on. Joe Willock, another person I've at times been not uh, so keen on, was absolutely brilliant. Bellerin come on and was okay. And of course, Lacazette come on and did what Eddie, who I must admit was great with, uh, with his energy, but could not hold the ball up. Lacazette does exactly that. And then we score and win the game. The whole performance was 
absolutely spot on. And there's one man to credit, and it is the manager. Mikel Arteta was absolutely spot on there. I like everything I'm hearing from him. I loved everything about their attitude. I didn't think there was many weak players. There was weak links, I thought, personally, but I won't go into that because we're all about positives at the moment. And I think there is some unbelievable youth coming through at the right time for Arsenal. And we are going to be looking at that youth as our future. And hopefully we can add to that in the summer moving forward. There is a lot to be positive about as an Arsenal fan at the moment going forward. Richard, um, Lacazette scored his first goal uh, in the Premier League away in 16 games in February 2019. Uh, As Dan rightly pointed out, Willock came on in the 76th minute um, and he created that chance um, you know, and he's he, he's created more chances uh, than any other player uh, since lockdown uh, as Willock. What did you make of Lacazette's goal and Willock's performance? I think what's happening is since, um, particularly with the sort of pre-lockdown, uh, post-lockdown games, substitutions have become really, really important, haven't they? In in a lot of games, not just Arsenal games, but a lot of games in the Premier League, the, the substitutes are making a big impact. And I think that that's exactly what happened um, with us uh, at Wolves in particular, because, you know, Willock came on, gave us a little bit of extra energy in midfield that we'd maybe second half, we'd been under a lot of pressure. He, he can run with the ball, can't he? He can take the play up the other end of the pitch. And that's what we needed at that particular time. Um, He won quite a few free kicks as well, didn't he? By, you know, um, running at some of their defenders. And obviously Lacazette, I mean, at the moment, I feel a bit sorry for him because when he seems to start a game, um, he'll get one or two chances and he won't take them. And then he's he's sort of left on the bench and he's, he's coming off the bench and he's having an impact off the bench, isn't he? Which... Is, is sometimes for a player, I can imagine that must be quite difficult because it's almost like his best role in the team at the moment is coming on as opposed to starting games sometimes, I think, maybe. Um, I mean, he took that goal unbelievably well, didn't he? I mean, the, the little touch around the defender and then to get it right in the, in the corner, that was a that was a great goal. And it shows exactly what he can do. He, he just, I just feel his confidence maybe in front of goals has been lacking. And hopefully that goal there will give him that confidence to to push on. And you know, go on and uh, you know uh, get the goals he should be getting because he he's not scored enough goals for us really. You know, when he came, it was you know we were thinking he was going to maybe get the sort of numbers that Aubameyang. He, he should he should be our top goal scorer as a number nine. Like, well, he, he, he should be getting a lot more goals than he is. I mean, he should be getting twenty goals. I know last season he got nineteen, but he should be getting more than twenty goals a season. And that's regardless of how many Aubameyang is going to score, just because of the sort mm. of player that he is. But but to me, he spends too much time outside the penalty area. Um, and that's probably why, because he, he drops deep to play, doesn't he? Which is probably what he's told to do. I think that that's what everyone talks about, that they like about Lacazette and why he's actually given, been given as much rope as he has been given is because of his work rate, because he mm. is tracking back and he is doing things. You think of Palace away uh, last season, um, Burnley away that we were at, that was a shit game, but, you know, um, but... You know, he, he he is there. He's tracking back. He's doing stuff. He's getting involved in the midfield, and yeah. he's sometimes dropping too deep that he. That's can't why he's have not throwing enough goals, isn't it? Exactly because we're getting the ball in the box, and he's he's not in there, is he? Just to finish him off. That's because we don't have good enough midfields. Like um, yeah. Johnny's mentioned in the chat about um, uh, Smith Rowe um, and Sabias, and like you got Willock and so on, Johnny. Um, you, you're a big advocate of Smith Rowe. Do you think he could come in and fulfil that midfield role and a scoring midfield role 
uh, role uh, that we're missing since we lost um, Aaron Ramsey because that's where the, uh, why we are in the, the position we are in the league at this very moment in time. And not only we know about our defensive issues, but in the midfield, we don't have enough scoring midfields to score enough goals. And how many goals have we had, had from the midfield? About two, three this season? Two. One of them was the Xhaka goal that we had the other day. There we so. go. I'm a, I'm as big a, a fan of Smith Rowe as I am uh, Joe Willock. To be honest, I think Joe Willock is a key player for us in the future if he's given the time in the middle. He, I think he's the successor to to Ramsey. He ha, he can bring the goals. He's got. We've seen it um, earlier in the season in the cup against Liverpool where he banged it in from what was it 35, 40 yards. So he's got the goals there. Um, Smith Rowe has been playing absolutely fantastically at Huddersfield. Um, you know, I, I've been listening to a few general football con, uh, podcasts and I heard a few things about Huddersfield fans being absolutely enamoured with him. But I think if he came back into the side, he could he could nail down a place. And if we're going with youth and we can't sign a top uh, you know, centre midfielder that we want to, then why not use the ones that we've got? We've got enough mm. good... Uh, technically gifted young players that we can mould them into the kinds of players that we need. Um, I think I think Smith probably will go out on loan again, but uh, Willock is here. He's putting his stamp on things. I think we've got players we didn't really need to buy us. Yeah, I I also think he's building up and so on. Somebody said... um, uh, Archangel said Sack as a midfielder in the in the YouTube chat, but you know what? Um, I'll pop it up on the screen so everyone else can see it. Um, who knows what Saka is? Saka's playing left back, right back, wing back, uh, number ten. Saka is an a, an absolute. Oh, he is a swift army knife of a footballer. Um, Wherever you put him, he's he's performed. <laughs> And the uh, the hard thing is going to be finding what his best position is and, yeah. and making him the very best at that. But if he's going to be a utilitarian player, he might end up being like Maitland-Niles and not ending up being happy enough in the role that he's given. But I think and he's, he's the kind of player we want to build around and not, f- you know, round hole, square peg kind of thing. He said this week as well in, in uh, his post-match interview, uh, what did he say? Um, what a week I've had. I'll remember this for the whole of my life. It's been such a great week. Signing my contract and then getting my first Premier League goal. I will have to stay humble and I will have to keep my feet on the ground and to keep learning. Manny, yeah. that's what you want to hear from your youth, isn't it? 100%. 100%. I was... Um... I was so happy that he signed that deal because he is our future. But I would rain on the side of caution when it comes to these youngsters because they're in a unique position where they don't have anybody to learn from. So essentially, they're being put in a position where they're having to learn on the job. So they will have periods where they will struggle. They will have periods where they will have, you know, dips in form and we need to be behind them instead of slating them. What we lacked in midfield yesterday is technical ability. We lacked somebody who can recycle possession and keep the ball. But we got to give these youngsters time. 
And it's a shame that they have to be the men as opposed to a backup. It's a problem. And yeah, it, it could be trouble. It could be trouble. So I would say be careful with these youngsters and, and building them up too high because it's a steep drop if they don't make it to where we think they can. But in terms of Saka, love the kid. Love the kid because of his attitude. Play me wherever you and- can, coach. Play me wherever you can. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He's learning and he's eager to learn and he's performing. He's definitely on the boat. He's driving the boat. He's down in the engine room. And again, that's the problem. That's the problem. He is down in the engine room. It should be somebody else. They can lie on the boat and sun themselves and flick their long hair. Not talking about anybody in particular there, are we? Um, <laughs> men, yeah, we uh, and Dan as well, and Richard, you can comment on this. But we talked in particular uh, after the Norwich game. I think mm. we had a chat on the. I don't even know what, what day is today. Sunday, I think today. Um, whatever day it was, after the Norwich game was Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um, listen, this is where I live. I live in this room. This is my office. This is. <laughs> I go nowhere else but across out that door into my bed. I'm here. This is where and I the, am. And the pub you now as well. What's that? And the pub now as well. You go there as well. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 may, I may go there out of working hours again. Uh, um, uh, definitely out of working hours, but what working hours are, uh, are debatable. Um, we talked about uh, Martinelli. Oh, yeah. And yeah. How good is Martinelli? I've got a, I've got a stat on Martinelli. Uh, let me bring it up here. Um, Martinelli, are you more comfortable with Martinelli or Leno? Ma- uh, sorry, not Martinelli. Oh. Martinez. Going. Martinez. Mm. Yeah. Are you more comfortable with Martinez over uh, Leno? Martinez has kept a clean sheet in six out of his eight Premier League starts for Arsenal. Seventy five percent success rate. The best ratio of for the last. Uh, who, who with at least five starts in the competition? Uh, we talked and, and we met. Yeah. I'm I'm massively impressed by him. Um, I don't actually think there's a great deal between him and Leno when you consider that Leno's been regarded generally as the number one for the last two years and has played regularly. Leno has made and some outstanding saves and on a number of occasions kept the score down and kept things respectable. But I'm really, really pleased with the way uh, Emi uh, Martinez uh, has been uh, playing. I think his distribution is really good. Uh, I think it's it's more so his decision-making. I think the distribution with the goalkeeper is about the decision. You know, when they take that touch, instead of passing it first time or hoofing it first time, they take a touch that gives that on-rushing forward that extra couple of split seconds to get onto them as we've seen with our own forwards nicking a couple of goals this season. I like the fact that he moves it on quickly when he needs to move it on. I'm really encouraged by the fact that occasionally we're now hitting it long. And if we don't win the first ball, we battle for the second ball. And if we don't win that, at least teams are not right on top of us attacking our goal straight away. So, yeah, I think I think he feels more comfortable hitting it longer, more so than Leno has done. Leno seems to want to play it and play it all the time. I, I, I watched... 
I watched the game without uh, fake sound on Sky because I think the fake sound on Sky is so, so mm. fake. And I heard him uh, doing one of those uh, long clearances and he shouted, as he kicked the ball, he went shouted up and it went far mm. left corner and he shouts out Oba. He knows yeah. exactly where yeah, the yeah, ball's yeah. going. And he cuts out their midfield and he gives us an opportunity to put them under pressure. He's been good. Um, he's been good. I'm sure you all think he's been good. I, I've, I've yeah. been really impressed by him. I really have. He's very good at gathering the ball in on a save. Yeah. And actually, it sticks to him quite well. Mm. Um, and and that, that's a skill that not a lot of keepers have nowadays. Mm. You look at Edison, Kepper and Allison; they punch it out a lot more than they actually oh. gather it in. Um, I don't think he's like as like good a shot stopper as Leno, though. I, 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 I did notice him um, on two or three occasions against Wolves, uh, catching the ball, bringing the ball in and controlling the ball, ball far more. And to be honest, as a keeper, I think that's better than punching clear. I know the ball has changed and they say the shape has changed and the trajectory of the ball has changed and so on. But for me, you catch a ball and that's your job. Um, he has Rich, he has a real opportunity while Leno is out, so he, he needs to grab it, and I think he's doing that. I, I I agree, Richard. Dan, anything to add on on Leno? Um, we're nearly done, actually. So uh, well, I know we're going to touch on contracts, but I mean, I suggest after the game that if if you could kind of combine Leno and Martinez together, you'd have the perfect goalkeeper <laughs> because what what Leno's better he's got slightly slightly better shot stopper maybe than Martinez. Martinez has got better distribution maybe more commanding so I think between the two of them they're like probably the best goalkeeper you'd ever have if you could combine them so mm. we're lucky to have two goalkeepers that, at that level really because you know most second choice goalkeepers in the Premier League are not that good are they for a second choice goalkeeper Martinez is the, I think probably the best in the, in the league now I think he's proved that will he, yeah. will he take Leno's place I don't think so I think Leno deserves to still be number one but you know um, we certainly have been we can't ask for a better number two can we really will he want to stay number two though next season that's going to be the, the problem isn't it possibly what is the, it seems to be happy with being a number two because he went away to Reading and he was given the opportunity to sign for Reading on the permanent and, yeah but and he's, he's, he's not played for us for that many games in the league has he before this is going to be his, his biggest run in the team isn't it because of the injury yeah. and having played yeah. maybe 10 games at a good level is he going to think oh actually I should stay in the team next season he probably will and you can't blame him um, and if that doesn't happen, is he then going to think to himself, you know, I'm sure there'll be other Premier League clubs that would be interested in buying him now. You know, maybe teams like, I don't know, Watford or people like that, you know, might well be interested in him. And he could get a regular game, you know, or West Ham, people like that. So I think it's going to be tricky to keep hold of two good goalkeepers. That's, I think that's the problem most clubs have got. No, no, I, I think there's, I, I, I think I, there's I, enough, I, good, enough games to keep two good goalkeepers. I feel there's enough games, especially once we get in Europe as well next year. That, I was going yeah, to say that depends. Dan, you, Dan, you haven't spoken for a, a little bit. Do you want to? Do you want to finish up on on um, Martinez? Let's not get it twisted. Leno has been our best player for the last two seasons. After seven games, I'm not going to chuck that dude out. So yep. yeah, great backup. Absolutely. Credit where credit's due. I got this one wrong. I was not looking forward to Martinez. He's been commanding. He's been great at uh, crosses, which I was worried about. Always liked his shot stopping, had no problems with his distribution. He's a great backup. But for me, Leno, number one all day long. Right. Before we finish up, um, we have got the Leicester game. Um, and obviously, uh, next Sunday, we've got the North London derby as well to look at. Um <laughs> 
At the toilet bowl. Manny. <laughs> <laughs> at the toilet bowl. Yeah, the empty toilet bowl. We'll have bleach around the edge of it and everything. So right. I wonder what Everyone's the still like got that. plenty of toilet roll, guys. Everyone's still got plenty of bog roll. Well, from right but, here, but, there's plenty of turds lying around in there. <laughs> Manny, um, your thoughts on uh, what you expect for the Leicester game? Um, are Leicester on a, a, a demise during lockdown, a bit like Sheffield? No, I think they'll be up for it. I think they'll be up for it, man. They'll, you know, wipe the floor with Palace rather easily. Confidence, you know, coming back in the team, I think they'll be up for it. I can smell the draw in this one. I think it's going to be tougher than people think. Form is temporary, remember that. So I think like a 1-1. I can see a 1-1 in this one. You won't have seen it, but we've got a banner in the stadium that says class is permanent. Leicester's going to be difficult, man. Leicester, go on, man. Go on, Dan. Go on, Dan. No, go on, Dan. Now, I was just going to say Leicester was going to be difficult. Mm. Listen, they've they've dropped some points. Uh, good win yesterday. Jamie Vardy scoring. You know he, he had to score in time for us. Uh, yeah. Going to be very difficult to contain, as he always is. Likes a goal at the Emirates as well. Uh, yeah. I am with Manny. I think this will be a score draw. Uh, it's going to be a difficult game, you know, and it's one that we kind of would like to feel now that we've beaten Wolves. We deserve or should win. Uh, but let's not get it twisted. They're a very, very good side. Well-organised, great manager, good individually as well as, as a team. And um, I think it's going to be difficult. I'm going to agree with Manny and go 1-1. Yeah. I, the worst thing for us was Vardy getting his uh, shooting uh, touchback yesterday. But I'm actually really looking forward to the Leicester game and the Spurs game. If for nothing, up for, if for no other reason, just to see, <laughs> just to gauge how our young lads are progressing, yeah? Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I think it'll be a really tough game. That's I not to you. Other... That's not to you, man. By the way. Yeah, I know. I know who's for, mate. I, know, I can see who's for. I've been watching recently. Yeah, I've been watching. Never <laughs> um, listen to the old version. and listen to us losing our shit. Lee Judges put up a comment earlier on. Big up for getting Mustafi on the pod. Listen, <laughs> if there's ever a reason to join our YouTube and the YouTube or Facebook, you need to. Danny Potts. <laughs> don't take this, Potts. Um, don't, don't, <laughs> don't take it. Go on, sorry. Yeah, really tough game. Um, made worse by the fact that Vardy's found his scoring touch again. Um, I fancy us again to just about edge this one. Uh, I think there'll be one goal in it. We will concede, but I think we'll get a couple against these... Uh, Leicester, I think we'll win. Yeah, I think we will win. So I'm going to disagree with you two guys. I think we'll win. Sorry, it will be a tough, tough, tough game, though. I can't I, wait. I, I, I remember uh, very vividly the, the 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 game against Leicester in the year they when they won the league. <laughs> yeah, and uh, where um, Welbeck came on and uh, scored those <laughs> scored that last minute goal. I think we really need to harness that. And uh, have a repeat and actually spank them. But I'm going for a, a Desmond. 
Desmond Tutu. So, so far, we've only got men going for a victory. Richard, are you going to um, disagree with the masses? I mean, to, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm quite surprised everybody's praising Leicester as much as they are. They've been poor since before Christmas. Um, mm. They had a good result the other day against Crystal Palace, fair enough. But I mean, most teams beat Crystal Palace at home anyway, so I don't think that's necessarily too much to read into that. Well, we used to always beat them, didn't we? It's only been last season and this season. But I mean, I don't think Leicester have been that great for a while, really. They had a great start to the season and they were obviously flying. But, you know, the, the points they've picked up or dropped rather since probably December, I'm not mm. particularly overly concerned. I mean, it's not going to be an easy game. There's no easy games in the Premier League. And obviously Vardy does like, uh, like Potsy said, he does like to score against us in particular. There's usually goals when we play Leicester at home, actually. You know, there was a 4-3 the other year, wasn't there? There's, there's, there's always seems to be goals. So we won last year. Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's always goals. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was maybe three two. But I think we'll win. I'm fairly confident we'll win just because we're on. We've got momentum. We're on a roll. The only concern I've got is the amount of games that we've played. We've, we've played the most games, haven't we? Because of the FA Cup as well. So our schedule's been really tight. We haven't got a lot of turnaround. Every playing Saturday and Tuesday. Um, so it's going to be tough. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I think we'll win. I'm going to go three two just because I fancy a good game. I I'm actually. Going to agree with you, Richard. I'm going to go for a victory, but I'm probably going to go for 3-1. Um, we seem to be able to score at the minute. Um, yes, we've maintained a lot of clean sheets, but I'm not 100% confident in our defence. And I think um, we, 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 you know, I, I, I feel it that we're, we're on a bit of a momentum and we're, we seem to be going somewhere. Um, uh, that boat that Arteta talked about and um, Gwendozi obviously... Uh, may or may not want to be on or lying on the sun deck or whatever. What, what, what do we make? What's that? He's been thrown overboard, and he going doozy. I wasn't on the boat. I was nothing to do with it. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> that boat. Uh, <laughs> thrown him overboard anyway. What, what, what do we make of the contract situation? Then you got Ozil. Um, there's rumours of him being uh, offered a substantial amount of money to. Um, go on loan and sever his contract. Uh, uh, Mkhitaryan, um, that we had a mutual agreement and saved the club £10 million and he's gone to stay at Roma. Um, it seems... Like I, I, I have to admit, I'm not overly keen on... I, I, I'm not a Cronky fan at all. Um, I'm not overly keen on Raul and uh, Vinay on what they've, been, uh, what they've done and what I've heard they're doing behind the scenes. But... Um, what, what what do we make of what's happening? I know, I know we've ran way over. I've given up. Um, that's Johnny's fault. Um, <laughs> Johnny's back. <laughs> um, what, what, what do we make of the, the contract negotiations and what's happening in the club at the minute? Do, do we, can, can you see us looking like we're getting our house in order? Um, who, wants, who wants to go on this one then? Uh, well, let me start because I agree with most people that the rot comes from above and we've got owners who just see us as something on a balance sheet um, and Josh's little plaything. But it's Raul and Vinay who are running the club as part of this executive committee. And there's, I don't feel that they've got our... I don't think that Raul has got our best interests at heart. I think he's more concerned about pleasing those people in his Rolodex and signing and selling players 
in order to satisfy those people. That's why we've got uh, Kia Drebshin in the executive box next to him. And Vinay, he may be a very good bean counter, but he's just a bean counter at the end of the day. He's worked his way up through the Arsenal structure. That's great. But what we need is a clear footballing direction and we need someone at the head of that. And Raul isn't that person. He's a deal maker. We all know he's a deal maker. He's not a footballing, you know, uh, a thoroughbred. But, but Johnny, we we cried out for David Dean, who was a deal maker, to use your 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 phrase. We cried yes. out for somebody like that in there. We've got it. Yes and no. Yes and no. David Dean loved loved and still loves the club with everything that he is. Raul just come here for a pay packet. He doesn't love the club. He's cut, He got booted out of uh, Barcelona. He couldn't get a decent job in Spain. We've taken him on as a deal maker. The game has changed, right? When D- David Dean brought in Wenger and uh, he had a clear vision of where he wanted the club to go. And that was, that was where we went with it. He gave Wenger the, the time to fulfill the vision. We don't have that much of a vision. We have a really fantastic coach who's got the potential to be a top, top level coach. But we also need to have a footballing director in order to push it all rowing in the same Mm. direction on the boat. Mm. Um, Manny, Keir says in the comments, uh, Raul did sign Tierney, Martinelli, uh, uh, Pepe and Saliba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Key, Key, do me a favour. My pronunciation is bad enough. Your spelling does not help me. <laughs> Kia is his name. Kai, I'm sure. Kai. 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 There we go. <laughs> just, just, just clear that up because Raúl did not sign um, Thank Martinelli. Thank you. It, it, it was Kachigal scouted him and pushed for him to be signed, and Edu got the. Deal done. Edu was part of that, right? Raul got the got got the uh, agents together, but he was he, he was on nobody's radar at all. Yeah, because he's on no. He was on. No, he was what the third tier of Brazilian football. It was not in any stats database that all the clubs can access. Go through it like football manager and say, "Oh, look at him. His pace is quite good. Oh, actually, he's quite good at this." Because there was no stats, he was actually old schooled and scouted by Kajigal in the South of America. So Tierney was a deal to be done. Pepe was a deal to be done with agents. Every bit of that without moving your lips. That is absolutely (laughs) amazing. (laughs) 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 Guys, I'm going to have to cut and run, mate. I've got someone at the door now. No worries, man. Cheers, man. Guys, later. Cheers, I'll catch up later. Cheers, yeah. 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 Go on. Go on. You... Uh, I can't remember. It was about. It was about. Um, uh, it, Contracts Dean, and are we moving forward? Basically, right. yeah. Are we moving forward? I don't know. Time will tell. Um, we're tying down our youngsters. We're tying down our assets. Great. Um, I, still making mistakes in signing, you know, 
rejects from other top clubs and putting them on, you know, huge money. You know, you can't tell me that there wasn't a decent enough defender that we could have gotten for the eight million and one hundred and sixty-five k a week we paid for David Luiz. You know, I still think. Uh, uh, no, I, I still we're still making we're still making mistakes. Did Raul? I don't trust the guy. I, I don't trust him. There's something about him that's just off. You know. He's slimy. I think, you know, the interview him and Vinay did, you know, last year, you know, with, you know, with players that are running down their contracts, if they got two years left, we'll get rid of them. Well, that hasn't happened, has it? You know, we're still in the position where we're being bent over by these super agents. Do you know what I mean? I don't trust any of these people. None of them. They don't have the club's best interest at heart. It's who they can get backhanders off and, you know, who they can get the best deal for crap average players you know and it, I thought we were done with that with uh, you know with Gazidis leaving but I feel like we've got another batch of people again who are going to lead us through mediocrity before before we see the light man I, I don't trust these people at all Looking at things more positively, though, to be fair, in terms of Martinelli and Saka, it looks like we're now starting to learn that we're not letting contracts run down stupidly in, in with the youngsters. So that's got to be a positive. Them two signing for me was huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah. I'd be more frustrated with them two leaving than some of the other people at the club. If the rumours are true about Ozil being offered to leave, good. Looks like him and Guendouzi are gone. It's a shame about Guendouzi. That's another story. But I feel that them two are going to be gone for some money. When you look at the Mkhitaryan deal, if that that's true. That's good business. You look at El Neni, Mustafi, Socrates is leaving. Definitely uh, hasn't kicked a ball yet. So there's some positives there. If we're looking at the senior players, we want to be leaving at this club. The only one that I believe will stay that I believe I would like to see going in the next couple of windows is Granite Chaka. All of the others look to me like they are going to be going either this window or the next window. So that for me is positive going forward. Maybe, Dan, we need Granite Xhaka, and I'm not entering into a long conversation because we're way overrun, and I know everybody's got to get on and do stuff. But maybe we do need to keep some of that seniority uh, within the squad, getting rid of lots and lots and lots of deadwood, expensive players like Mkhitaryan, like Ozil, like... OK, yeah, it is a bit of a shame with Gwendouzi, but uh, you know my, where my position is on yeah, that. It's not a shame for you. It's not a shame for you. You are... <laughs> You are giggling your ass off right now. You are happy because the minute that kid no. came through the door, the minute he came through the door, you had something against him, Fergus. I remember the no, podcast no, no. very well. I remember it very well. <laughs> the minute he came through the door, you had a problem with it. Hands up. I've never had a problem with him. I've had a problem with his style and his technique in the sense that he fell over and he was flopping around and he was moaning at the referee. He's got better. But then he done what he did at Brighton. Uh, he lost his shit and he shouldn't do that. He should He should keep himself together. But that, listen, you we can go on for ages. I, I want you to know, the, what do you mean the last thing I want to do that? I don't understand. I mean, we literally praise players in the past for doing that stuff. So yeah, we wow. praise Vieira to do doing the Keown for you know jumping on Van Nistelrooy. We praise Fab did it as well. We praise Fabregas for throwing a pizza on fucking Ferguson. Yes that we did. Yeah, right. That's okay. That's acceptable. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
you know? So listen, Gwendoz is 21 years old. Tell me that none of you that were 20, you were 21 and you didn't do any stupid things. This is we a kid. We had a comment about 21 years old, weren't you? Weren't you stupid when you were 21? Well, actually, when of I was 22, course. when I was 22, I was married. I had two kids. So that is fairly stupid. That is fairly stupid. Listen, the kid's is 21 and he's never had his chin checked, man. And for the first time, he's actually getting his chin checked. And if he comes back from that, it would say a lot about him as a player, but also as a man. Yeah, we shouldn't be late in the game, man. He's twenty-one. He's 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 immature. We've all been immature at twenty-one. For me, I wish him. I wish him well, but I'd rather he's not in a red and white shirt anymore. Um, I'd like him and Guanajuato to be gone, but uh, you know, there we go. Listen, I've enjoyed having you back on, Manny. Uh, it's been really good. I know you 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 stuck for time. You got stuff to get on with at half seven, which you said to me before. So we've way overrun. But thanks for having ha having you back on. Um, don't be a stranger, Muppet. Well, when you invite me, I'll let you know. <laughs> Just invite me back. I'll be here. Thank listen, you listen these things are, are amazing. You can send messages to people. Invite me, bro. I don't beg. Um, Dan, uh, thank you as always. Um, are, are you on four more podcasts tonight? No, man, I'm on tomorrow night on same old Arsenal only, like I am all the time. Guns and Yellow Ribbons yeah. and same old Arsenal are the only two podcasts I do, Fergus. Thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure to have Manny back on. It's been nice to have Johnny back on. It's been good to speak to Richard. And it's been greatly hosted by Terry Wogan. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's, that's an internal WhatsApp chat name. Mind you, my hair was very until yesterday <laughs> rich are you okay up there north up in newcastle <laughs> yeah no it's, it's lovely up here yeah it's just a bit windy today but yeah it's been great but no i mean it's, it's great to be on again i love i love chatting to you guys it's always a good laugh and it's always uh some good debates go on don't we so which is great and you know it's we're never going to always agree on everything are we but that's the whole point isn't it never. surely if we did it would be bloody boring it would indeed it would indeed so it's, I say it's a pleasure as always um, and Johnny, uh, thank you as always. Uh, you need to go out and uh, sort your courgette out. Yeah, yeah. I need I need to uh, harvest some veg. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, um, Archangels, well, thanks, guys. Great and uh, well kept secret. Uh, th this podcast. Well, don't make it a secret. Share with your mates. This is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Thank you for listening to Guns and the Yellow Ribbons. Only one last thing to say. You know what it is. Up the arse. Up the arse. Up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.